Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. A printing behemoth will soon be demolished. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and from WBEZ Chicago, this is Reset. During the 20th century, Chicago was the epicenter for the newspaper industry, and nothing represented this more than the Tribune Freedom Center, a gigantic printing facility located along the Chicago River. But times have changed, and the complex will soon be torn down. To find out more about the building's legacy as part of our ongoing series, What's That Building?, we are talking to our architecture sleuth, Dennis Rodkin. All right, Dennis, so this building you've got for us is truly massive. How big exactly? Well, now it's about 940,000 square feet. When it was built, it was approximately 670,000 square feet. So it was shrimpy then. Um, 670,000 square feet when, when it was built in 1982 is bigger than, or in 1981, is bigger than most downtown skyscrapers. But this was a horizontal building. Yeah. Where is the Freedom Center exactly for those who aren't familiar? Uh, if you're on the north branch of the river, it's on the west side of that branch between Chicago Avenue and Grand Avenue. Okay. And so take us back, Dennis, to the beginning. When this facility was first built, what was the purpose? This was a huge uh, project for the Tribune. It was valued at $150 million at the time, which today would be about $600 million. Tribune had always had for a very long time printed its paper in the basement of the Tribune Tower on Michigan Avenue mm-hmm. um, and for various reasons is moving west with printing, keeping, of course, the newspaper and everything else in the beautiful tower on Michigan Avenue and building a gigantic printing press on the west, bran- on the west uh, bank of the North Branch. Um, the idea there were technical innovations that were created just for this press because they had to lift these giant rolls of newsprint, which for many years had been used, uh, had just used ordinary cranes. There were specialized electronic cranes created for inside the building. Uh This was huge. And it was also, um, it it was really a sign of just how big newspapering was in, well, this is 1979 when they announced it in the 1980s. Newspapers were so big that the Tribune couldn't be contained in that tower, but also needed this gigantic printing facility. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it was a pretty big deal that they were building this complex in the first place. It is. You know, when you read the articles uh, about when they announced, um, Mayor Byrne, then Mayor Jane Byrne, said, this is a big day for Chicago. I mean, you know, the mayor sort of has to say, somebody's building something big. This is a, you know, that's how our mayors act. Right. But she thought of it as a big day in, in large part because, so you go back to, the, to 1979, the early, early 80s, that whole River North area is still sort of not sure what it's going to become, nowhere near what it is today. Mm-hmm. And then you're going just west of that across the river to a space, the space where the uh, Freedom Center was built had been rail yards since essentially the dawn of Chicago. Max Chavez at Preservation Chicago looked up uh, old maps and found that this had been, it was called the Erie Street Yards. This had been rail land for a very long time. Right. I see that on your your piece online uh, on WBEZ.org. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. So this is, you know, um, people know that Lakeshore East was uh, railroad land. Parts of Grant Park were railroad land. And over time, Chicago builds over all these yards. 
But those those two I just mentioned were yeah. really sort of at the front door of Chicago. This was really kind of the back door. You know, there was industry over there. There wasn't much. And there were, I, I think there were two dozen rail lines all there, passenger and freight, big roundhouse. And instead, what it's going to become is this gigantic printing facility. Yeah. Well, do we know what it's like inside? We do. Uh, it's pretty much like it was when it opened in 1982, including... Not much in, has changed. Not much has changed. Yeah. So it's primarily a windowless building. It's mostly a windowless building because, again, it was going to be a printing press. There needed to be control of sound and dust and other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, one of the things I love is when you go into the cafeteria, which is one of the few places with windows, there are sort of greenhouse arcade windows uh, facing south there. There's a mural along the wall of the cafeteria that was painted in the early 1980s, and it's it's like a vision of Chicago in the 80s. You know, it's a a black female police officer looking very serious, and it's people looking at typewri- at manual typewriters because they're reporters. And, Remember those? Yeah, it really it looks like the credits for a TV show shot in Chicago in 1982. Yeah, so the, I'm I'm getting the sense here, Dennis, that the the Tribune was highly influential during. The 20th century. It has been. Yeah. The Tribune was a, was one of the major newspapers in America yeah. at that time. Um, also, one of the major newspaper owners had papers all over the country, including the one I read in high school, the Escondido Times Advocate outside San Diego, um, had newspapers everywhere, had a large chain of TV and radio stations, um, and, and was very influential in the decade. So... About the same time they're building the Freedom Center, they're buying the Chicago Cubs. In the decade after the Freedom Center opens, they win nine Pulitzers. Yeah. The Tribune, I don't mean to keep saying was, because the Tribune is still a very important journalistic outlet. But at that time, newspapers were just these huge enterprises. Yeah, for sure. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We're bringing you another installment of our series, What's That Building? Today we're talking about the Tribune Freedom Center, where both the Chicago Tribune and Sun-Times were printed. And here to tell us all about it is Dennis Rodkin from Crane's Chicago Business. So as we, we've been talking about the Tribune's past here, uh, Dennis, as a, a newspaper giant, this building, though, set to be demolished. Yeah, it's living on borrowed time. It's really sort Remind of... Remind us why. Uh, well, it's supposed to be the site of the first Chicago casino. Bally's, the casino company is uh, closed on its purchase of the site at in late 2022 for $200 million. Um, Tribune, the various ownerships of Tribune had been trying to get rid of it for a long time. So it has been sold, but the occupancy hasn't changed and there's no demolition date announced. So the, uh, the Tribune staff is still in there and okay. the Tribune and Sun-Times are still being printed there. The Sun-Times has been printed there since about 2011 when they closed their own printing plant on the south side on the river. Mm -hmm. And um, so eventually, but there's no date announced, everybody moves out, the building is demolished, and a giant glittery new casino is built. When would you say things took a a turn for the worse uh, with the paper? (laughs) How much time do you have? Uh, (laughs) Well, yeah. Give me the one-minute version. Yeah. (laughs) The Tribune has been through several ownership changes in the course of the 21st century. Newspapers, journalism in general, have been battered by the introduction of the Internet, the the change in advertising profiles. Tribune has not been immune to any of that. May have been immune longer than some because it was so big. Mm -hmm. Uh, But over time, the Tribune, like almost every other big city newspaper, has shrunk. 
Um, and I mean, just as an example, the reporting and editing staff is now in that building. They, of course, used to be in the tower. And then when the tower was sold, they were moved to an office building across the river in Lakeshore East. Yeah. And then during COVID, I believe, is when they moved into this windowless, uh, primarily printing building. Mm-hmm. Any talk at all about the casino maybe just taking over the printing space? You know, there are preservationists who would like that. Um, okay. I think it would take a lot of retrofitting. This was a place that was built for these gigantic rolls of newsprint. Um, it doesn't have many windows. Mm-hmm. And what Bally's envisions, I think what probably everybody envisions for the casino is, you know, an entertaining kind of a place, a huge, fabulous sort of 21st, 22nd century kind of a place. Um, so I don't think anybody has seriously floated that idea, although there are preservationists and others who've said, you know, why would you get rid of the thousands of tons of brick and, and everything else that went into yeah. that building? It is a waste environmentally. Um, yeah. But that's what we do with old buildings often. <laughs> right or wrong, exactly. that is what we do yeah. with old buildings. I mean, and as you talk about the future with, with Bally's, I mean, again, give us a sense, Dennis, of, of how much all of this is literally going to change the city landscape. Well, you know, it's really interesting. It's sort of like the second act of that, or I guess I would say the third act of that site. The first act would be when it was rail yards, and then the second act would be when Tribune moves over there and kind of pushes the boundary of western downtown a little bit west, though it was an industrial site, so it wasn't as if, you know, there were hamburger stands and all that there, but that would be the second act. And then this third act would be, if it happens, the casino comes in, creates this entertainment district, creates more interaction with the river, and that, uh, many people think, will sort of pull nightlife and everything else right. farther west. Yeah. Whether it happens, of course, we don't know and won't know for years, but that's the vision, is that it becomes more of a walkable, usable, lively place than this big brick, internal-looking fortress. Right. Well, before you go, can you leave us with a quick tease of your next story? Oh, we, uh, yeah. Um, there's a building that is in the news now that has a, a history of depravity in the 19th century that a lot of people don't know about, but I do. All right. And, and we will, too, eventually. <laughs> uh, that's Dennis Rodkin, residential real estate reporter for Crane Chicago Business. Thank you so much, Dennis. Thanks, Sasha. This episode of Reset was produced and edited by Andrew Merriweather. If you enjoyed this episode, then subscribe to our podcast. That's all for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.